Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman and Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thanks so much for joining me this week. My motivational quote today that's relevant to our conversation and, of course, always relevant to the title, Architect of Change, is the golden opportunity you are seeking is in yourself. It is not in your environment. It is not in luck or chance or the help of others. It is in yourself alone. And that's by Orson Sweet Martin, who was an American inspirational author, and he wrote about um, just success in life and how to achieve it. I thought that was real pertinent, uh, again, to our topic today, um, which is you have full control over your own life. You just have to have, you know, the dream, number one, a plan in place or at least a plan uh, of attack and the passion and enthusiasm to move forward and looking at whatever risks you face and kind of calculating that risk to be that 51% in your favor. But really it comes down to dream, plan, passion, and enthusiasm, I think. Um, Today my guest, Patrick Bell, and I are going to discuss living your soul's purpose and how midlife change is possible as long as you have the passion and skills. And I think the bottom line, you have to believe in yourself. So some of the things we're going to discuss today is how do you make that change, that 360-degree change? Um, And in Patrick's uh, world, he had wife, kids, mortgage, um, five kids to be exact, and makes this 360-degree change in career. Interesting story and I think very inspiring, so I want him to share that with us. Um, Having that plan of attack to make the changes possible and successful, again, minimizing Um, you know, uh, pitfalls and stuff like that and roadblocks. What key skills do we need to develop that really become transferable as we move through life in different life stages? And that's what helps us, I think, move and maneuver through our career changes as well. Um, The message to the kids in college, um, Patrick, again, is a lecturer at Elon University, and I'm real curious to have him share with us some of the skills that he discussed as part of the curriculum to help kids succeed in college, but really beyond. And, you know, being a dad of five, I think that um, that's pretty relevant in his teachings as well. And as we age and move through those life stages, how do we remain relevant and current with our own perspective and continued skill development? And at the end, I'm going to put uh, Patrick on, on, the, the, um, uh, on the line here and say, can you give us three or four tips that he thinks will help move people that are listening to the next stage in the decision-making process, you know, with the varying crossroads in life and how to be proactive with, you know, the research planning and all that stuff. Quick background on Patrick. Um, Again, he's a lecturer at at Elon University, but he's had management sales and organizational background skills. Um, He's managed over uh, $250 million of raw material sourcing for Glen Raven Custom Fabric. A lot of you will know that as Sunbrella. He managed and directed 250 employees at a major South Florida racetrack. Uh, managed an entire concession operation at a 73,000-seat NFL stadium with a staff of 1,400. Five kids weren't enough for him. He needs even more people to manage. Um, managed merchandise department for the Miami, Miami Dolphins. Managed vending sales for Super Bowl 23. Uh, achieved the NFL per, uh, record per capita sales for vending operations. Built a Miami Dolphin uh, merchandise mail order department from the ground up, and just so much more. And I know Patrick is going to share stories from each of these worlds in his background, um, you know, and what brought him to his midlife change. So with that, I hope everybody helps me welcome Patrick Bell. Patrick, thanks for being on. Connie, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You know, I read that intro. I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a pretty varied uh, a varied management career. Uh, had a lot of fun in uh, in each of the uh, uh, each of the areas that I was in, though. Yeah, and I I actually omitted one, but you started in gambling, then you went to the the fabrics umbrella, then you went to the NFL. So you've had the gamut of jobs again, both management, sales, and then the organizational background. So you really had a diverse background. 
Thank you. I, I do, and I was very, very blessed to, to be able to uh, to do that, to have those opportunities. Um, and and really, it, it, what it was 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 grabbing an opportunity when when it came up. And mm-hmm. then uh, after a, a after a couple of careers, uh, quickly realized that uh, most, if not all, of the skills uh, that I was developing over the years are transferable to 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 anything. Sure. Um, in management, as, as I tell my my, my students uh, in my intro to managing a course, um, management is such a transferable skill that uh, you can go wherever your your heart and your mind uh, takes you to, uh, whatever your interests are, uh, you can find a uh, you know find a job. That good managers are, are needed very much, and uh, they're often in short supply. Uh, That's so for if you're sure. Good at plan, organizing, leading, and controlling. You can. Uh, you really can write your own ticket. That is for sure. I know in my career, a lot of managers became managers because they were in the department the longest. Correct. So we have a manager we or somebody. Mm-hmm. Say that again. Well, we do that in the U.S. It's a. It's yeah. a it not. It's not as common in uh, in Europe. Let's say Germany, for example, that has a very uh, a clear path for managers and a clear path for people who stay in maybe uh, technology or more hands-on things. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, in, in the U.S., for forever have been, yeah, who's ever, oh, you've been around the longest, you're it. Yep, uh, And that right. sometimes right. sets people up to fail. Yes, it does. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then when a manager isn't happy with their job, what does that, that whole mantra or that whole vibration um, goes down through the whole department, and everybody hates their job, and so it's uh, yeah, it's it's like sets everybody up for failure. So you're, I agree, management skills and leader leadership to me is, I think we lack leadership skills. People like to follow and not lead. Um, yep. You know, I guess some are born leaders, but I I do think we can teach people how to be strong leaders again Absolutely. by developing skill and 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 becoming strong in who they are, you know, believing in themselves and all, all those things. Um, so now tell me, you had all these crazy, crazy um, background. You were on the road all the time, right? And you yep. had these, these kids at home. And what was the, the shift for you? What do you think was the major shift for you? I think the major shift in, in my last uh, you know, career change, which was from uh, um, sourcing of raw materials for a, a large textile company to academia, uh, was, let's see, I had been with my then company 12 years, I think. It was wow. about 11, 12 years, which is really a, a quite a bit longer than I usually stayed somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, I usually get kind of antsy, and, and I'm, a, I'm a lifelong learner, and I love change and doing having new challenges. Um, so I was there a little, probably a little bit longer than uh, than. I normally, you know, stay in a, in a career or at, at a job, plus the travel. Uh, global sourcing was, uh, you know, the mantra since, you know, before 2000, really. But uh, sure. most of the uh, raw materials that we needed uh, were no longer produced in the U.S. So I had to go on a, you know, a worldwide hunt to find these chemicals and fibers. And so I'd be in China and Taiwan and Turkey and Germany and and just, you know, an awful lot of trips, so awful lot of time uh, away from home. So I think, Connie, the combination of uh, many, many years doing the same thing mm-hmm. yeah, with uh, being away from home too much uh, from my kids, who at the time, I'm thinking five years ago, were in, uh, you know, elementary, middle, and high school. Sure. And uh, I just didn't want to, uh, probably the biggest uh, driver was just didn't want to be a uh, away from them as long as I, I was. Yeah, life 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 choices, really. That's what it's all about, Absolutely. right? Now, 2001, you you went back to school, right, and you received your MBA from yes. Elon University. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I really caught the bug then. I mean, that, that I had just been with uh, 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 Glenn Raven for a short time at that point, a couple of years, I think, and... Uh, I just I said, well, it's good for my career, and I think I've, I'm in a good spot now where I can, uh, um, you know, it's a, school's close by, and I can uh, I can do this at night, and uh, let's see how this how this uh, plays out. And I absolutely loved it, absolutely loved it. Um, it just it really kind of flipped that switch in me that I'm, I was always so curious about everything, 
And mm-hmm. I just love the atmosphere of the school and the professors and the everybody's being so inquisitive about things and, and questioning things and, and uh, uh, you know, seeking knowledge. Uh, it was just, it really gave me a bug that stuck with me and, uh, you know, was still there, you know, eight, nine years later when I made the change. And And talk about that. Now, you had, your position was eliminated, right? So yes. now all of a sudden, well, you had the MBA. <laughs> so that was great. Had an MBA yeah. and, 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 and lots of opportunity. I mean, uh, uh, you know, textile industries was, you know, shrinking and has been shrinking in the U.S. for decades. Um, huh. And But there was a lot of opportunity, and the, the phone was ringing off the hook with uh, opportunities in China and in Taiwan. Wow. Uh, and again, it's like, gosh, this is just not what I want to do. Um so I sat down with my wife and, and uh, said, well, you know, I, I really want to pursue, you know, I'm 49 years old at the time, and I really want to pursue academia and see if I can teach, you know, at the university level. Um, there's this bridge program uh, for executives like myself uh, uh, that's offered uh, twice a year through the AACSB, which accredits all the great business schools. Uh, and that year it was uh, at Babson uh, College and, uh, in Wellesley, Mass. Um, and I said, I, I really think if I don't do this now, it's never going to happen. And, uh, you know, my wife agreed. I think she knew I wasn't so, you know, thrilled being away from home and, uh, and wasn't too thrilled in the, in the job for the last, you know, two, three years or so. You know, none of the same, you know, fire. Um, so she was all excited about it, and she knew it was going to be a, a sacrifice. And um, but it was still a, you know, with a lump in your throat kind of a kind of a move to make, uh, you know, to leave you know corporate America, which you know, f- frankly, pays you know better than academia sure. does. Yeah, sure. And um, with kids getting ready to go to college, and as you mentioned, a mortgage to to pay, and you know, sure. obligations. You know what? <laughs> it's it was a. Uh, but I figured, I honestly, Connie, it was if I did not do it then, I figured it, it wasn't going to happen. Sure. And I, I didn't want that to slip by. Um, so that was the, so, the, so then it, from then it really got easier. Um, well, it got easier and it got harder. It got easier as far as I was comfortable with the decision. Uh, my wife and my kids were comfortable with it. They were kind of excited about it, their dad being a professor. So they thought that was really cool. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, now I have to make uh, you laugh when you say professor. Oh, you know what I think of Professor and Mary Ann. <laughs> yeah, that's, right, that's right. And it's fixing the one white radio that we have and the, with the little antenna on it. On Silicon I'm showing my age there as well, Connie. That's, I know. That's why I, I knew you would get that joke. So yeah, anybody, anybody that's going to get that reference anymore, about? but yeah, that's it. I'm sorry. But, I just uh, had but, it. But it, 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 it worked. It, it worked out. Um, it, I had the benefit of, um, and and the 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 company that I had, had worked for, Glen Ravens, a family-owned, 125-year-plus. Uh, old company run by the uh, the same family for those 125 years. Wow. And they're wow. very um paternal about their employees and even though wow. they had to shrink they uh, uh they were extremely uh, uh kind as far as uh, transitioning uh wow. from them to this I mean you know over over a year and a half uh and uh you know they sent me to that AACSB program on them. Wow. Wow. Um, you know, so really there was you know that that was a big part of it. Um it was fortunate enough to work for a company that and there are a lot of companies out there that are like that. There really are because they they don't want to see people miserable, you know. Of course. Uh, you know, most people just don't they don't want that and uh, um a lot of companies are willing to go that extra mile to to sure. see that you're you know because they don't want to you know, bad feelings among anybody, and and it's just not good business. So, um, and and really, the bottom line. I mean, think about that. What a great. That's why the business has been in business for 125 years. You're talking multi generation, right? Without a doubt. But it's why. because they have a they have a heart. You know, mm-hmm. okay, economically, business sense, they had to downsize yeah. and eliminate positions mm-hmm. and whatever. But you still have the human component, and that's why they've been around 125 that's years. Correct. You know that is that is 100 percent true. Uh, sure. you know, without a doubt, saw that up close and, and personal, and um, it, you know that 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 made a huge difference. That that made it possible. It was still very tough. I would yeah. say about year two and three, 
you know, into this transition, um, you know, things got very tight. Yeah, yeah. You know, we had to, had to do without. You know, the kids had to do without. And uh, Absolutely. You know, but, uh, um, but when, I knew it was temporary and that we'd get through that bump. Yeah, you always do, we, right? You and I were discussing the, earlier, it'll work out. It'll work out. It always does, right? We were the, saying that before we started yeah. taping. Yeah. And the faith um, in, in yourself and in, in your, your purpose um, yeah. and your confidence, and it, it really will see you through. It really does. It's true. Let's pause there, and then when we come back, I do want to continue about how your life's purpose, like you said, your sole purpose, and how even though things, little, little mini bumps, right, little, little blips, sometimes right. big blips, but stay in the course when you know this is what I should be doing and having that faith that really you took the leap of faith. And I just want you to expand on that a little bit when we come back, okay? Great. A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, training, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your ears with rhetoric. She speaks to the heart and success of your business. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Okay, we are back. We're back with Patrick Bell, a lecturer at Elon University, and we're talking about changing from corporate America, having this you know, lucrative career, global um, education, so to speak, with all the traveling and different cultures and all of the, that stuff, management sales, and then transferring to academia and the um, uh, the blips or the, the, the pitfalls, the, the struggles um, in that transition. So uh, continue with what you were saying, that Glenn Raven really helped with the transition. How can you ask for more from a company? So that's kind of a cool uh, story yes. to this 125-year-old uh, organization. You know, kudos to them, man, I'll tell you that. Um, but this 360-degree shift, wife, kids, mortgage, how did the kids and, and your wife were really thrilled that you had made this commitment and change, correct? Correct, yes. They okay. were very happy. They are very happy about that. They were. Were yeah. they happy because you were happy? Like, what you yeah, know, I, I think I think that was it. I think that that yeah. really was. I think they knew I was getting a little frustrated and, uh, you know, not as uh, as motivated as I I had been, and was looking for a change. Sure. And, and I think everyone knows that inside themselves. You know, it doesn't really mm-hmm. come as a surprise. Nope. Um, and and it so when the you know the opportunity presented itself and. And that's really what it is, you know, whether it's someone's offering you a job or a job is being eliminated, it, they're both opportunities. Uh, and it's, it's, it's what you make of it. Um, and, and it turned out the way that, uh, that way with me. And, and, you know, now you look back and it's how it should have been, right? It, it, when you look back, yes. you go, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense, all those little steps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're at the time each each step you're taking is like holy crap, am I doing the right thing? Oh, gosh, oh my yeah. god. Am I doing... <laughs> and, and it's 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 hard for somebody. I mean, I had never <laughs> except for getting my MBA and attending college, of course, I never really thought much about the inner workings of academia as far as okay, how do you get a job, you know, teaching at the university? How does that happen? And uh, uh, fortunately, again, there's in in all the best business schools, uh, the, the AACSB, which accredits the, the business schools, uh, uh, demands that a certain percentage, I'm not sure what it is, 10%, something like that, of the uh, uh, teaching staff uh, has to be uh, practitioners. To be oh, I did not know that. Business, yeah. And which is a, a great idea to have, a, you know, a leavening of, of people in the organization that, um, you know, that are not PhDs and, and have not just, you know, studied it their whole lives, which is you know, a lot of value to that. I mean, sure. 
my colleagues really get into these uh, uh, subjects deeply, and I learn so much from them. Sure. Uh, but it's kind of a two-way street because I've been out there doing it, and uh, so I think the, the I know for a fact the students benefit from that, and the AACSB uh, sees that. Um, sure. So that created a little bit of an opening. So there, there's there's an opening now. It's okay. Well, they need people like me, uh, but boy, there's not many of those jobs there. And uh, so I start, you know, start looking around at schools, looking at Elon, looking at um, University of North Carolina, Greensboro, um, High Point University. Uh, all the schools that were within the areas. Again, I wanted to stay in the areas, keep the kids in their schools, and I wanted to move sure. them, move them, uh, um, you know, out of the schools as a big reason for staying here as well. Um, and I had two offers. I had an offer from uh, UNCG uh, and from Elon, um, and I took the Elon uh, offer. Uh, and this was after attending that program at Babson in the fall of, uh, what was it, 2009, I think. Um, and But in academia, they're only, it's one-year contracts. Oh, really? Yeah, for lecturers and adjuncts. And, and, and so most of the contracts, unless you're on a tenure-track PhD position, they're one-year contracts. And this is a very common you know, thing in, in, uh, in universities across the country. I mean, so that's stressful for you thinking this oh, is a one year gig, right? Oh, my goodness. I mean, maybe if I was, you know, 30 years old, it'd be a different story, but sure. You know, holy mackerel. So come every April, you, you know, you're you know, biting your nails for a couple months to hope yeah. that they need you the next year. Sure. Um, so that was difficult. And that's just the reality of academia. Um, yeah. So I had to come to grips with that. Um, finally, after uh, four years, just this past year, um, a full-time lecture position opened up, and uh, um, I applied and was granted that. So wow. now I can breathe a little bit easier. <laughs> sure. Now, do, were, will they ask you to go on for your Ph.D., or that's not a requirement with their offer for full-time? Yeah, that's not a requirement, um, okay. given that uh, I'm a, in what they call a PQ, the professionally qualified. I have to have oh, my okay. master's degree, which I, which I, which I do, um, right. but uh, I don't have to do, do the PhD route. Some folks in my position go that route. Um, it, it, it would mean a lot, lot more time away from home again, and you know, it yeah. could be done, but, um, but you still have to keep your currency, and, and how you do that is, uh, you know, I, I mentor for SCORE, you know, Service Corps of Retired Executives. Uh, oh, cool! I, yeah, yeah. I mentor for them uh, t- twice a month at our Greensboro office. Um, I also have a small consulting practice where I uh, consult uh, with the primarily uh, closely held and uh, family businesses. Um, Very cool. So I keep my hand in 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 that way as well. And yeah, and that uh, that helps keep you relevant too. I would exactly. think with what's happening in the world, yeah. you know, the business world today. Correct. Now, how do you get I, – I, I, having your vast background, okay, again, having mm-hmm. five children, so you still have your parent hat, hat on all the time. I mean, that's just the reality. True. How do you get through or how do you include in your college curriculum and lectures and all of that, do, and I know you do because this is the topic, the management leadership, all of that sure. component you know, business school, how do you and how do the kids respond to those life skills that you incorporate? I think they respond really, really well. Uh, um, we we have um, course surveys that are, are required after, you know, the end of every semester. And uh, you can, the students can put in handwritten, you know, comments on, on what they like, didn't like about the course and, uh, and sure. your teaching of it. Um, and I get a lot of very nice, you know, things being said about they very much enjoy the real world examples and stories mm. that I bring to the classroom. Um, because I, I like to I like to think that I'm letting them know what, at least in my opinion, and, and with some evidence to back it to back it up uh, of what I think works and what maybe doesn't work so well. Um, and probably the biggest lesson that it lessons that I weave into. Uh, my management courses, whether project management or international business or intro to management, 
uh, is knowing yourself. Emotional intelligence, knowing yourself. Totally. Mm-hmm. What pushes your buttons? What gets you excited? What gets you pissed off? Excuse my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's right. What gets you upset about things? <laughs> um, and 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 it's it's if you don't and the way I explain it is if you don't know that about yourself, trust me, other people in the organization will know that, and you do not want your subordinates, your peers, your uh, your superiors knowing you better than you know you. True. Um, lots of not good things happen when that uh, that occurs, and and I've seen that quite a bit. Uh, where people don't understand their, you know, their weaknesses or their strengths, sure, uh, as well as they should, and you can get taken advantage of that way, uh, right? Or so. other people control your destiny. Correct. Yes, instead of right. yourself. Bingo. Yeah, and and no one, no one has the right to own our destiny but us. You know. Correct. And and that's that's a tough lesson, and it goes back to my comment before that, you know, we. People are promoted into management positions, right, because of longevity, not because of ability or leadership right. skills. And we have so many followers today, people who, who choose to follow because it's easier than, you know, looking within themselves, right? So it's, yeah, it's, um, it's kind of sad. It, I just I have to comment on a couple of things you said first, and, and I shared this with you before. A uh, young man who I, you know, I have the privilege of knowing, he's just a great kid and um, was one of your students, now is back in Jersey where his mom and dad live. And um, I mentioned your name when I found out that he went to Elon University. And right, at, he, I freaked him out. He's like, how do you know, Patrick? You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, I have, I have these witch skills, right? So <laughs> I, I cracked up and I said, in LinkedIn, we're on a forum together. And we just kind of communicate, respond to articles. And we, you know, we're interactive in, in that sure. regard. And that you were going to be on the show and, you know, kind of freaked him out. And, um, and he, he was really thrilled that and when I of course there was common connections and when he realized the connection he's like all right you're not a witch you know you don't have these right, powers right, yeah. right? <laughs> just know everybody <laughs> it was really in the world. cool yeah, right. <laughs> his reaction was just awesome you know and yeah. when we started chatting and um, I said you were going to be on the show and and I shared this with you he went on and on and lit up when he spoke about you about what a great mentor you are and. He had never had a, a class. He said, bar none, you were the best professor that he ever had. And he said, and I have had some great professors, not, you know, nothing against the other Elon professors. And he Being said, kind. Patrick has a story about everything and, and relevant. And, and he said, and, you know, versus remembering the topic, you remember the relevance of the story, and you can embrace that into your life. So the stories are so impactful. Um, so that was the first thing. The other thing um, he did tell me is about the life skills and how you really keep it real for them so that not only are they learning, learning the academics, right, the, the knowledge, the theory of economics, whatever it is, business, law, business, whatever, mm-hmm. that how that application into life, into jobs, all of those kind of transferable things that you're learning, how do you apply them at work to become better and better? And it's funny, my son is a senior in high school, and he has this really cool teacher. His name is Mr. Herman. And, you know, we go to back-to-school night, of course, my husband and I go. And uh, we sat, and we're listening. You know, and sometimes you meet these teachers, even at the high school level, and we leave. And I, sometimes I say to my husband, I think I need to go back to school, because they just, they, they speak with such passion and logic and all those things that they make yeah. you want to be excited, right, to go back to school. And mm-hmm. he, I love him because, yes, he's an English teacher, and he teaches them how to write better, and he works on their essays for college and all of those important things, right? right? Yeah. But throughout, he teaches them about you got to learn to study now before you're in college. You have to be independent now and not, you know, rely on mom and dad and communication skills. That's what's going to yeah. make the difference. And just on and on and on about these life skills. And it's relevant. And, and here's the scary thing. You guys have more of an impact, I think, than parents. And I don't know if your kids feel this way, but my kids think I'm an idiot, you know. 
and sure. they yeah. they I don't they don't know how I've lived fifty three years without them leading me <laughs> exactly. because clearly I have no intelligence, right? And you know, but I'm their mom, so it's like, oh mom, you're being ridiculous. Oh mom, you're being a nerd. You know, when I say different things to their friends, right. and right. when a teacher says it, though, all of a sudden they're coming home. You know, what my teacher said. And and I'm like, mm, did he really? Meanwhile, yeah. I had said the same thing the week before, but I was a blithering idiot, sure. you know. Sure. So yeah. it's so impactful that you stop and teach these kids that it's not just learn the books, regurgitate for a test. It that's that's not it. That's that's not learning no, at no, all. No, it is. Yeah, it isn't at all. The uh, I'm always mentioning in class that the uh, you know our textbooks. Uh, and uh, the material that we're studying, and if you really think about it, it's it's pretty straightforward. You know, plan, organize, lead, and control. You learn a lot of new terms, and maybe sure. do some case studies. And but it's all very, it's it's all very, you know, it's very doable. It's not it's not calculus. You know, we're not we're not uh, we're not talking uh, um, you know nuclear physics here. Sure. Um, but the hard part I mentioned, the hard part's going to come five six years down the road. When you're you're facing a you know a true management or ethical challenge, sure. quandary, a dilemma of how you apply what we were talking about in school today and and for the semester, that's when the hard part's going to come. And hopefully, absolutely, in the back of your mind, you'll remember some of this stuff and uh, try to think about some of the ways you might approach this. Uh, you know, given what we've talked about, you know, over the over the semester, uh, I said that absolutely. that's really what's going to be hard. Going to be hard is putting it into practice. Reading about it in a yeah. book, but it sounds great. Yeah, oh God, this is how can you fail? This is fantastic, you know. Simple uh, rules are simple. Making that actually happen with people are people are messy. They have their own dreams. They have their own needs. Sure. They have their own bad days and good days. Um, and trying to motivate folks, uh, you know, on the job every day, uh, it, it, it's a challenge. Yes, because you're dealing with humans. Yeah, <laughs> you know. It's, it's a tough job. One of the first things I, I mentioned, it's a tough, uh, uh, you know, profession to be in, uh, managing, a tough profession to be in if you're a perfectionist. It's true. You know, because humans you, are not really perfect. You're really going to have hard times. Things are not going to be perfect. And yeah, it, I, I think I learned true. that lesson at the at uh, uh, Joe Robbie Stadium uh, with the Dolphins. And on game days, you know, you'd have 1,500 things going on. And if a thousand of them went right, you had a fantastic day. You know, you're, you're, in other words, you're going to have so many problems, but it doesn't matter. You deal with them, you take care of it, and you, you take the, the good with the bad. And I think that's where I finally finally knocked the perfectionism out of me at an early age in my, my late yeah. 20s was at the, uh, at the stadium. There's so much going on. You know, you'd want to be a perfectionist, but it's impossible to be that. Yeah, we're all flawed, and you're dealing with humans who are flawed. And so you do the best you can with what you have, and that's that's the best you can hope for, right, in Mm -hmm. in life. I want to pause one more time here, uh, Patrick, if if we could just talk. You know, I always do a little at the half-hour mark about the topic, and I hope that you and I are inspiring the folks who are listening in our conversation today whether it be um, they're seeking change in their, their personal life, their professional life, whatever it is. Um, at the end, I, I hope that the discussions that you, like for instance, that you and I are having, but all my guests every week, that thought or trigger for folks to kind of stop and say, hmm, Matt Patrick, I love what he said, whatever, whatever it is that resonates with them. And I hope that's always the beginning for folks to start to seek change in themselves or ask the questions for themselves to self-assess so that they can figure out what is my sole purpose? What do I want to do? What is the plan that I need to put in place? So everybody listening, I, I really, as usual, I say this, but I hope that Patrick and my conversation is relevant to you or is getting the juices flowing in your brains to say, man, oh, man, I got to do this or I got to think about that and maybe I need to talk to so-and-so or research this or whatever it is. Please share your stories with me at Connie at com, 
and I really do love to hear from you guys and hear, hear your stories and your struggles. And the other thing I always ask is that change is not an easy thing, and I, I get it, right, Patrick, his story? Absolutely. It wasn't easy. Not, it's not an easy, like, oh, this is a gimme, this is a no-brainer. Um, a lot goes into it. So here's the other thing. I want to hear from you guys because if you give me feedback, I will continue and always try to have relevant, current, good topics of discussion and awesome people like Patrick who are willing to share these personal stories and how they approached change and became successful, you know, for every, every stage of life. I'm here to help. You know, the Patricks of the world are here. We're here to help. That's what we do, man. That's what, that's what it's all about, I think, in business um, and in life, that we have to help each other because, as we just said, humans are flawed. Everybody has different strengths, and if we could come together and help each other with those strengths, I, I think that's really important. You know, changing something, no matter the perspective you're coming from, I think is the start. And, and when you don't always know the direction, I hope that these shows, these topics, these conversations kind of give you a direction of, yeah, 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 I need to do that. Or yeah, 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 that's a great idea or a place for me to start. Um, I, and, and I hope Patrick's story is inspiring. I find him inspiring. Um, I'm here. I want to help you guys. I'm going to give you Patrick's information if you want to um, connect with him on LinkedIn and, and other things. Um, you know, again, we communicate on LinkedIn, which is kind of a cool platform. Changing you, your company, challenging your personal comfort zone to sustain that growth. You know, that's what I do, that whole coaching component, mentoring, whatever you want to call it. Um, but you can reach me personally at 732 888-1420. That's my personal line. Uh, of course, my website has a wealth of information and uh, free information, free content, www.whitmanassos.com. And of course, email me again at Connie at WhitmanAssos.com. Let's grow you, your business, and get changed to stick. Um, it's, it's easier than you think. Um, so Patrick, that, that was my little, um, I just love for people to share stories. So midway, I always try to, you know, kind of put that out there. Like, don't forget, you know, send me your stories. I just wanted to comment on the last thing you said about ethical decisions. You know, we learned this topic right in in college, and you think, yeah, 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 it's easy. And then you get in real life practice. And um, just last night, my husband and I happened to pooped after the the holidays, and we watched a movie. Uh, it was on uh, Netflix or on demand, whatever it was, and it was The Wolf of Wall Street. Have you seen it? Oh, sure have. I sure have, yeah. Holy moly. It yeah. disturbed me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, should. my goodness. <laughs> and I said to my husband at the end, first of all, Leonardo DiCaprio, holy moly, that, that guy is just an awesome actor. Every True. role he plays is so diverse. Right? He's awesome. But the the role of that he played, it was all about, um, you know, manipulation and, and um, ethical. Yeah. Let's use that word, non-ethical, <laughs> you know, way to, to just rip people off. And it, it, it really hit the core of me saying, there's people like that out there. And there it's kind of sad, right? It's kind of sad. And, and I, I think the way to uh, uh, get the point across, and, and we talk about ethics quite a bit in, in, in class, and it, it's, it's critical in business. Um, without, being, conduct, without conducting yourself in an ethical way all the time, um, it, it's bad business to, you know, to, to not do that. You know, you, it's good business to, to be act in an ethical way. Um, yeah. If the Wolf of Wall Street, you know, uh, uh, illustrates anything, if the Bertie Madoffs of the world illustrate anything, yeah. is that, yes, you can, you know, rip people off and be unethical for a short period of time, but it will yeah. end, and it won't be pretty. Um, yes. So, yeah, you can get away with that for a while, but it's no way to stay in business. Uh, it's no way to uh, nurture relationships uh, among suppliers and customers uh, by acting in an unethical way. Uh, yeah, you might gain a short temporary edge, uh, but it's 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 no way to be. Um, we, we cover that a lot. We do a lot of case studies, a lot of uh, yeah. uh, thorny uh, issues globally. When uh, you're you're working in cultures where people don't have the same ethical beliefs that you do, yeah, then it gets really problematic. Um, yes. 
And some of these really are dilemmas. But uh, the, the, the Leonardo DiCaprio and the Wolf of Wall Street, an excellent example of, yeah, you know, that, that's possible to do. But again, it, it, uh, it ended. And, and here's the other thing that, that my takeaway, too, after watching it is, holy moly, here's this dude that was totally, the motivation was pure monetary. And, yeah. you know, I, one line in there where he says, I, I've been um, poor and I've been rich and I choose rich every time. And that line, I looked and I thought, rich in what regard, though? Bingo. You know, yeah, you, you have rich. no. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And 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 I think that's part of what's wrong with our whole world. Forget about the United States. I think our whole world and the wars and it's all about sure. power and and it's not yeah. about the richness of the soul, the richness of our human connection. And for me, I think that's the message with my with the show, with the architect of change. That yes, you need to change to become. And I hope it's always better to become a better version right. of of who you were yesterday. And that ethics. Oh, my goodness, and I teach my kids, do the right thing, no matter what you're faced with. If you do the right thing that your gut tells you to do, this is the right thing, this is the wrong thing, and you know when it's the wrong thing, you feel it in your soul. Don't do it. Just don't do it. And you know what? Sometimes it's the detriment of yourself, you know, physically or or financially, whatever. And you know Mm -hmm. what? It's temporary. But you don't give. You don't cross that line. Because as soon as we right. cross that line, it's a very slippery slope. Oh, and it's very easy to it's, keep crossing lines then. Yes. And, and you can't go back, you know. No. So, you know, you try to teach that and embark that on our kids. And after watching that show, I was like, oh, my God, there's yeah. people like this that just don't care. And, and don't – it's not about soul's purpose. You know, he was a talented you oh, know, yeah. speaker and, and leader and, it, it's you know, the old, if you could only use that power for good. Holy smoke. <laughs> yeah. He could have been, he could have st- still been, you know, rich in financially, yeah. but rich in purpose. And, you know, I think the two are connected. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. And oh, it's no. funny, and you may hear this all the time, and, and I don't know if your kids have said this to you. My, you know, my son, we're looking at colleges and, and majors and, and all of that. And he, my son, they say to me, well, what am I going to make money at? And I said, it doesn't matter. You, this is the deal, man. If you find what makes you happy and you want to get up every day and go do it, you're going to be successful. Yep. You're going to make a living. You're going to make more than a living. You're going to be fine. You're going to have pitfalls like everybody because that's, you know, yep. crap happens. But if mm-hmm. you really find what you're meant to do on this earth and you get up every day with that excitement and enthusiasm, it really isn't work. It's what you just want to do. Money, right. The money will come. So forget yes, about the money and do what makes you happy. And that's the rich. That's the, the happiness is from within. Stuff, buying stuff doesn't make you happy. Uh, no. You know, I, I don't know. Have your kids said that you to you? I couldn't agree with you more. And then, and then they do, and and we have those discussions. And that's why I'm 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 happy to see that so far anyway the uh, my my kids seem to be you know following those dreams you know whether yeah. it be in music or in in uh, football or in uh, engineering that they're sure. they're doing things that they really love doing. Um, and it, and it'll all work out. It really will. It'll all work out. Yeah. You, know, you mentioned something just a bit ago uh, about uh, assessments and yes. and assessing yourself, and I think that's a big yeah. a big part of uh, when when I was mentioning about emotional intelligence and knowing yourself yes. uh, is every now and then I think you have to take stock and pause and see where you're at and. Is otherwise you're going to wake up ten years down the road and you know things are maybe not the way you want them to be or you're not in the the, the place that you want to be or in the situation uh, and I, it's probably because you, you haven't taken the uh, the time out periodically you know whatever that is for for you to uh, assess where you're at and it, as as you mentioned it's not just assessing you know where my bank account is at or you know where uh, my my job title is at. But are you doing what you want to be doing? You know, are all those things that, you know, make life full, uh, are you hitting on all those? Uh, and if not, you know, change. Yeah, make change. It it's all about make change. Yeah. But you can't yeah. do it if you don't look at it every now and then. If you don't assess Absolutely. it every now and then. I guess assess you know, is a, fast, it, a fancy it, word for, you know, taking stock. 
Yeah, looking at yourself and saying, what what did I do well today? What didn't I do so well? Mm-hmm. Hey, what I did well and I liked it, keep doing it. Things I didn't like that or, or didn't do so well, how can I get better at it if, if that's important? Or that didn't make me happy, so what will make you happy? But if right. you don't, if you really don't stop and look inside, you're never going to figure it out. You know, it's funny, I, I every class I teach, every coaching session I do, you know, I talk a lot about self-assessment. I do a lot of my kids self-assessing themselves because it's a skill that you really do need to develop. Every mm-hmm. time I leave, you yeah. know, if I teach a class in, you know, in the corp- corporations that I, that I have as clients, and I, the first 10 minutes in my ride home, you know, from, from that class, it's what went well today. Man, you want to keep doing that. That was good. That felt good, right? They, they got a lot out of it. What didn't go so well? Why didn't that resonate with them? Why did they seem aloof with that topic? And did I present it right? Should I present it differently? Is it not a worthy topic? You know, you have to do sure. that self-assessment to become better right. and better and better, you know, at what you do. And and when you don't do that, I think it's dangerous. You know, my kids play hockey, and, and um, they're both goalies, as it happens to be. Because, yes, we have to pick the most expensive position in hockey. Sure, you have to pick by all that <laughs> Of course, that right? Gear. That just goes Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when they were little and we would lose, you know, they'd have a couple of bad goals or whatever. And they would, oh, the defense didn't do this. And they'd deflect. Right. And right. I would just sit mm-hmm. there and think, hmm, they're blaming everybody. That's not really a good attribute. So I would yeah. say, well, could you have done, could you personally have done, you know, something different on that goal? And you make them self-assess, and they say, well, you know, uh, you know, I, I, my skate slipped, and if I was in a better position on the angles. And I say, oh, good, well, that you learned from that goal, you know, for yourself, yeah. maybe you could be in better position, and that will be the backup for the defense and, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden when they both – happened when they were about 10 years old, you know, you'd get in the car, and they would always say to me, Mom, how did I do? And I'd never answer. I'd say, well, how do you think you did? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> because, again, self-assess. And they would say, ah, that one goal, I, I wish I had that back. And i go, oh, what happened? And because I'd say, yeah, that was a bad goal. But I would never say it. i said, say, oh, why, what happened? And get, my angle was off, this and that. And they'd say, wow, then that was a really good goal. And they'd say, why? I said, look at what you learned from that. You know, how your yeah. angle was off. You'll never make that mistake again. That's how you get better and better and better. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I guess. So, see, self-assessment through things they love doing, you yeah. teach them how to self-assess. That's that self-assessment skills and and do it doesn't have to be on self-assess what he loves to do you right know? yeah yeah bring it and to I, their I think, level i think you hit on a hit on, on another uh, common thread that that i've seen uh, uh with my kids and seen with uh, uh the successful kids here in school at the university uh are the team sports yeah, I, I can't. I, I can't stress how, I agree 100%. how fundamental that has uh, been in the development of uh, of myself, uh, my yes. kids, uh, the kids I see here, um, and to to bring it full circle, uh, we were fortunate enough uh, uh, about two years ago here at Elon, and we had a, a guest speaker, uh, Mr. John Rice, who's the uh, uh, vice chairman of General Electric, mm. and he came and talked to our our class. And, uh, you know, we t- John and I spoke uh, ahead of time and, you know, we, you know, batted around some questions that I'd asked to kind of get them, get them going and get the, get the, the students to, to ask some questions and kind of kick things off. Mm-hmm. So I, I asked him, I, I, I waited till the class was, was going and, and Mr. Rice was up there and, uh, and uh, he pointed to me and I said, well, well John, you know, you're, you're leading General Electric. There's 250,000 employees. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you do that? I mean, I really wanted to know. I mean, what, how do you manage that? And he said, uh, Patrick, it's what it is. It's the world's largest team sport. It's, wow. It's just groups of, of teams uh, that are given missions, and, you know, you can't do this command and control. You'd never get anything done. You know, it mm-hmm. truly is business, truly is a team sport when it gets to be that big. He says, all I can do is, uh, GE is influence is you yes. know, travel and talk with people and try to get things moving in the right direction, but uh, you work through others. It's um, true. I thought that was, I'll never forget when he mentioned that. It's, it's, you know, the it's world's true. largest team sport. And, 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 and I agree. I, I say it all the time. My kids have learned so many life skills, self-respect, respect for your teammates, yes. respect for your coach, mm-hmm. um, teamwork, supporting each other, cheering each other on, 
um, you know, just everything. It's just there's so much life skills. It's been the best thing for my kids. And, you know, it keeps them out of trouble. Let's let's face it, too. You know, busy hands, right? Yeah, absolutely. Let's take take one more quick break, and then we'll come back. We have about 10 minutes. And I really would like, um, if you can, to talk about how do we remain relevant, what's your perspective on continuing skill development, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, for people who are listening, what message what would be your message? And and I guess maybe three or four tips or three tips on how to stay relevant, how to grow, how to self-assess, all those kind of things we've been talking about. Um, so we have like 10 minutes, but let's take one more quick break. It's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn. It's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman can tame that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried and true one-on-one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game. Okay, we are back with Patrick Bell, and we are talking about making life changes, major life changes, and how do we do that? How do we stay relevant? And how do we not lose our sanity, too, I think, Patrick, right? Yeah. Well said. <laughs> well said, Connie. <laughs> so, you know, again, as we move through these different life stages, we're both in our 50s now. So we're midlife. You know, we're there. Sure. I'm going to live to yeah. 120 and just torment my kids and grandkids. But that's just me. <laughs> exactly. You know, how how do you think, again, we talked about self-assessment and stuff, but what what is that relevance and what keeps you current, do you think, um, at midlife now that the kids kids are listening to you? You know, I, I it, it's it's a great question, Connie. Um, I, I think one of the keys for me to keep, you know, interested and keep relevant, um, and you know, keep getting up in the morning and and loving what I do, you know, teaching, yeah. you know, uh, college students, you know, is is just this innate curiosity, this this lifelong learning, this you know, never never stopping to to you never stopping that uh i, I think is critical um you know and and that's really what's going to drive your passion as well because you're going to be you're going to be you know curious uh, about whatever your passion is and you need to follow that you need to follow that instinct and uh, you know if you find yourself um always uh, in, you know interested in and learning about things that that aren't your present job right now i would encourage listeners to uh, uh you know to explore that further because maybe that's what you should be doing you know, if that's mm-hmm. what you're just innately curious about and you're always looking that up and you're always finding out more about you know this field or that field you really might want to want to check that out because maybe that's uh you know if that's what motivates you and, and always has your curiosity um and holds your curiosity maybe that's what you should be doing and you know i i think you're dead on with that and you know, I think people say, well, but what if I have a mortgage and kids, right? We both right. have mortgage and kids and have made huge leaps of faith, right, to to, to do our soul's purpose, whatever, right, our passion, we follow yep. our passion. I think people often say, oh, I'd love to do that, but, you know, I'm earning more money now, and okay, pursue it because, you know, in a short period of time, maybe you could be making even more money because right. you're bringing so much more to the table than what you're bringing to your current position that you hate or that you, it doesn't isn't driving you. This isn't driving and, you anymore. Mm-hmm. Th- absolutely. And and the other thing I think that and I talk about this a lot in my training and when I'm coaching people and you know the universe really is there to conspire for us with with our you know our thoughts become reality. So if you pursue this and you start to think this is really what I want. 
the opportunities will present themselves. Absolutely. And I think that's the crossroad that people oftentimes, the, the, the opportunity presents and they say, oh, I can't because, and I hate that word can't, oh, yeah. because you, you're choosing not to take the opportunity, but Correct. you certainly can, you know, take that leap of faith, right? So mm-hmm. when the opportunity presents, don't be afraid for the change. And fear is that motivating factor. And I hope people think, hmm, there's that. Here's the opportunity. Here's that fear that Connie's always talking about. You know what? I'm going to look it in the face and say, go away, fear. I'm, I'm taking that leap yeah. of faith, and it will all work out. That's a big, that's a big one. Everybody has to do it, but you have to do it. And it's a little bit harder for some than others. And and some people's situations, you know, you know, truly are. um, Absolutely. Yeah, very dire. And and, and maybe they don't see that they can change or should change for the sake of of others um, or or their kids or families. But you have to. Yes. You have to. If you don't take care of yourself, it's the old, uh, uh, my wife and I would joke about the, uh, you know, the, the, when you have kids on an airplane, the oxygen mask uh, analogy, yes. you know, yes. it's, you know, if uh, something happens with a plane and the oxygen masks, you know, come down, you know, you need to put it on yourself first and then take care of your kid. Yes. And that's what they tell you on there. And that's what you have to do. Otherwise, because if you're conked out because you have no oxygen, you're not going to be any help to your, to your child at all. Absolutely. So I often mention, you know, when, uh, you think you can't do something, I'll just say oxygen mask to my wife and she'll know what I mean. <laughs> That's, see, isn't you know, that the truth? Because, yes. Because yes, you're no good true. to anybody. <laughs> That's absolutely true. It's funny because, you know, we joke, and I don't know if you do this in your house, but, you know, my husband says, if mom's not happy, none of us are going to be That's it. Happy. Yep. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing. You know, my husband and I, we truly are a team. I mean, I, I definitely, he was worth waiting for. You know, he's my partner in every regard. It's just, it's 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 awesome, yep. right? And our kids see that, and I hope they learn that they have to choose a partner, you know, not someone that they have to take care of or be taken care of. But two independent souls who come together and become awesome, you know, that awesomeness. Right. So, you know, I just laugh because I think, yeah, it's true because I truly am. I think the female, again, no, no, no put down to the males out there. Right, but I think right. the female really is the um, conscience of the of the family. I, I don't know. Um, I so that. yeah, we do yeah. need to be happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Is that just a female perspective that no, I, I think it's there? I think it's well said. <laughs> it, it may you know play out that way often, but uh, yeah, it's 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 very, it's very true. I mean, you guys have to be happy too. I, don't get me wrong, but oh, you know, yeah. I do. I yeah, I think the woman sets the pulse. In, in most households, yes. at least in our household. Yeah, I, I think we set the pulse of the vibe in the house, you know. Yep. I right? I don't know. Is that, I, again, that might just be a very bad female perspective there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's like, I, you know, my wife and I joke about, you know, we're kind of old-fashioned, you know, and I'll, you know, the kids will be talking about something that their friends are doing or, or things that are happening in other, other families, how they live or whatever. And mm. I'll, mm. I'll just point outside the window and I'll say, remember now, it's 2014 out there, but in here, it's 1952. Yes. So again, out there, 2014, remember, and then I point inside the house, and here it's 1952. Just remember that. Let's <laughs> keep everybody honest, you know. Yes, I find that it works. <laughs> it's funny. My husband um, actually is Canadian. He was born in Canada and, and then came to this country when he was a teenager and became a U.S. citizen, the whole thing. That's um, a heck of a coincidence, or kind of have to interrupt for a second, because my wife is Canadian. That? She's from, from 40 years no old area. Yep, she's dual really? citizen. Her her mom was American, uh, her dad a Canadian, but uh, yeah, she came uh, uh, here when she was uh, 18, and uh, wow. and uh, we met uh, about nine years later. And uh, but that's uh, a funny coincidence. Isn't that a funny coincidence? Isn't that and my, my yeah, my husband was born uh, in the Ontario. He was born in Markham. No, Markham. Yeah, Markham. Markham. Okay, sure. Markham. Yeah. yeah. So isn't that funny? But he comes to this country and. You know, I often say that we're barbarians <laughs> sometimes huh. with that lack of opening doors for women. And, you know, I'm a very independent woman. Don't get me wrong. But I love that my husband yeah. still opens the door for me. Um, if it's raining, you know, we'll walk the, with me under the umbrella to the car or, yeah. um, 
still opens every door going into. And it's funny, Mm -hmm. I've noticed now my boys do it. I don't even ask, you know. All of a sudden they they kind of pull the door for me and let me go in. Or, you know, if my mom is with them, they hold my mom's arm. And I don't say a word. They do it on their own. So they learn. All my kids do that too. And, and, and And people notice that. Yeah, it's very gentlemanly, you know, Mm -hmm. and I love that. I think it's a man should be a gentleman and a woman should be a lady, you know. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, again, 1952, I like that. I'm going to share that one. I make no apologies for that. I'm sorry. Yeah, (laughs) I am. I'm definitely old-fashioned, and I love it. And, you know, I I look at my mom and dad, number one, they're a team, but I look at them and I think, wow, man, they're class. You know, my dad holds my mom's hand you know, opens the door for her, worries about her. Now she's what works, walks with a cane. And you see him just lovingly taking care of her. It's just, it's a wonderful thing to see. Yes. So, um, yeah. yeah, we have two, we have less than two minutes. So what would be, excuse me, two or three tips based on everything? What would be your words of wisdom to our listeners? See, words of wisdom uh, uh, to our listeners, I would say that uh, to kind of, uh, capture a few of the things that we've, uh, important things that we've talked about today. And I really, again, appreciate this, this opportunity um, would be to, you know, assess where you're at periodically, you know, really take a look at, really take a look at, at, at where you're at and where you want to be and, and make a plan. Even if it's a loose plan, if it's on the back of an envelope kind of thing, you know, make a plan of where you want to be and, uh, and, and, and head toward that. Um, totally. Do the research, you know, if, if you want to change careers, if you want to uh, get into a different line of work, if you want to make any kind of change in your life, um, there's, you know, a lot of resources, uh, you know, people and, and are out there willing to help. Um, and I, I really think, though, the bottom line, the third thing and, and, and final thing is the, is the, the just do it part. Yeah, it, you know, just, it's true. It, when it comes down to it. Um, you know, you're in control of your life. You're in control of the direction it takes. And, um, you know, if it, even if it's scary, as you mentioned, even if it's, you think there might be some tough times if I, if I do this change, um, you know, that, that, that Nike slogan, uh, it always hit very powerfully with me, you know, that just do it really does sum it up. Uh, just, just, it does. just do it. Take the leap. The leap of faith. Yeah, leap of yep, faith. And you know what? I think that's what I'm going to name the show. The show is that leap of faith. I like that. I like that. Right? Isn't that cool? I think that's yeah. very cool. Um, well, our time is up. So here's the deal, guys. Now, we've talked about, you know, making 360-degree changes with wife, kids, mortgages, having a plan. I agree with you 100%. Self-assess, have a plan. Um, the key skills that you need to keep developing that are always transferable uh, you know, I, I always say to people, everything you've learned up to this point, you take with you. It doesn't just go away because you change right. jobs. So everything mm-hmm. is transferable. Um, the message that Patrick tries to share with his college kids, I think that we all we all can benefit from those those uh, ethical choices and all of those things. And as we age and move through life, remain relevant. Do that research. Change. Change is is so important. It's scary. You got to do it and, and just do it. I agree. And pull that trigger is, is so important. If you guys would like to speak or I hope this is okay, Patrick, if they'd like sure. to connect with you, they certainly can uh, find you on LinkedIn. It's Patrick S. Bell, correct? Yes, yeah, correct. And if you guys would like to uh, chat with him online, you can reach him at, and would you prefer if I give your Gmail or your Elon? Uh, Elon would be great. Cool. It's P, like Patrick, Bell, B-E-L-L, at Elon dot E-D-U-M-A-I-L-T-O. So, Edumail2. Ed, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, ma- yeah, that was pretty good, right? Say that three times. You have to have the mail to part? I think just do the – I think just the dot E-D-U will get to me. Is that true? Dot E-D-U? Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay. Good. I just I have it from your um, how, you know, you and I kind of connecting. So P Bell yeah. at Elon dot edu. I think LinkedIn or something added something like on the end of that. But yeah, just oh, P Bell at Elon dot edu will. Uh, okay. Cool. Get to me. And yes, and you do you're you're on LinkedIn a lot. So yes. um, you know, LinkedIn is yeah. just another great resource I think really for is. for business people. Really yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't I can't thank you enough, Patrick, for taking the time. You know, it's, it's a holiday weekend, and uh, you know, for you to take this 
time to be on the show. I greatly appreciate it, and um, it, it's been Thank awesome you. for me. I think you're inspiring, and I hope everybody, um, you know, listen to all of your insights and information that you've shared and, and your personal story. So I, I do appreciate that. Thank you very much, Connie. I really enjoyed being with you. Awesome, awesome. I, you know, you know, you're gonna have to be on again. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, see, I, no, and the big joke is nobody says no to Connie Whitman. So you know, see, there you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> thank you again, and thank everybody for listening. You know, I love that you tune in. You've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host Connie Whitman, on WebTalkRadio.net. I look forward to seeing you all next week. Have an awesome week, and please do something different. Try that change. Develop a clear plan and begin your path to change by doing something different and committing to that change. Commit, commit, commit. Thanks, and have a wonderful, exciting, and happy week. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Down there.